Chapter 6 of Our Little Irish Cousin. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Michelle Fry. Our Little Irish Cousin by Mary Hazelton Blanchard Wade. Halloween. It's jumping with joy I am, said Nora. It was the eve of the first day of November, and the little girl was putting on a new dress. Her father had been to the pig fair at Killarney. He had sold his pigs for a good price, and had brought home enough blue cloth to make gowns for both Nora and Katie. But what is a pig fair, perhaps you are wondering? It is like any other fair in the old countries, except that little else is sold besides pigs. Pigs, pigs, pigs! Big pigs and little pigs, pigs rolling and fat and weighing a good three hundred pounds, little baby pigs, pink and white, and too young to leave their mothers, streets full of men and pigs, everybody talking and many of them laughing and telling each other funny stories, and all along the sides of the roads were horses and donkeys fastened to queer-looking wagons in which the pigs had been brought to market. Oh, the pig fair is a jolly sight, as Nora's brother would tell you. The two blue dresses were made in a hurry by the mother, and now the whole family was going to a party at Molly's house. It was to celebrate Halloween. Patsy had to go, too, for there was no one to leave him with at home. There was no baby carriage for him, but that did not matter. He could go on his mother's broad back, after she had wrapped a big shawl over her shoulders. The father led the procession. He felt very grand in a coat with long tails and a tall hat. Of course, Nora and Katie felt fine in their new gowns. They walked behind their mother, looking from time to time at her new red petticoat, and then at their own dresses. It seemed a longer walk than usual, because they were so anxious to get there and join in the sport. "'Hear the piper! Hear the piper!' shouted Katie, as they drew at last near the farmhouse, and her little bare feet began to dance along the path. A minute more, and the house door opened wide, and the visitors were made welcome. The kitchen was not large, and it was already well filled. The big bed had been moved over into a corner to make room for dancing. The older people, who did not dance, sat on the edge of the bed, while the children nestled together on the floor against the wall. The turf fire was glowing in the fireplace and giving a pleasant welcome to all. On the rafters overhead, some hens were fast asleep, not seeming to mind the music and laughter in the least. The piper was playing his jolliest tunes, and two young people were dancing a jig when Nora arrived. "'Good, good!' cried the rest of the company, as the young girl went around and around the young man, her partner, never once losing her step. Her heavy shoes made a great clatter as they came down on the paved floor. Her face grew redder and redder. Her breath came harder and harder, but she would not give up dancing till the piper himself left off playing. Let us bob for apples now, said the host. We will give these young folks a chance to get their breath. A big tub of water was brought in, and some apples were set floating in it. Who would duck for apples? Everyone had a chance. It did not matter how old or young they might be. It was such fun. 
one head after another went down into the water to see who could seize an apple between his teeth without using his hands to help when the company grew tired of this sport there were other games and more lively dances then there were refreshments there was plenty of tea for the big folks and bread and cheese and potato cakes for all as they sat eating the piper began to play a soft sad tune they do say he learned it of the fairies whispered molly to nora just then the children's school teacher came in and sat down beside them he heard the word fairies do you believe in fairies he asked nora she lifted her blue eyes in surprise sure sir they live in the hills and the caves and there be some i have heard who have their homes under the waves of the sea this night they are more lively than at most times mother was careful this morning not to drain the milk pail she wanted to leave a drop in case the fairy folk should come along and wish for a sup and sure sir father never puts the fire out at night he says maybe the fairies might like to rest a bit on our hearth before the morning the schoolmaster smiled but he did not contradict the little girl he thought it would only trouble the child nora's father had once said the teacher is a man of great learning and strange to say i have heard that people of learning have little belief in fairy folk would you like me to tell you a story asked the teacher after a moment or two oh please do indeed said nora and molly together they loved their teacher dearly their school was kept in a plain bare little room with rough benches and desks there was nothing bright or pretty about it but their teacher was kind and tried to help them learn they were always glad to be with him and hear him talk you have never been to the north of ireland have you he asked oh no sir we've never been farther from home than the lakes of killarney answered molly but you know of course that this is an island and if you travel to the northeastern shore of ireland you must cross the sea if you want to go to scotland yes indeed you showed us that on the map at school i will tell you of a giant named finn mccool who is said to have lived on that rocky shore do you know what a giant is oh yes he's like any other man only he's ever and ever so much bigger answered nora very well then this particular giant wished to fight another giant who lived in scotland he invited him to come across the sea to ireland but the scotch giant was not able to swim so he answered i would gladly come if i could but i cannot get across it's an easy matter to make a road for you said finn and it's hardly worth speaking about he set to work at once and built a road or a causeway made of stone pillars they were placed close together and reached upward from the bed of the sea of course the scotch giant could not refuse to come now could we see it if we went there molly eagerly asked you could see a part of it but according to the legend it was broken into by the sea even now you could walk out upon it for quite a distance but the causeway slopes downward into the water and then seems to stop some people however believe it extends under the sea clear to scotland it is certainly a wonderful thing and many people from other countries go to see it do you suppose it was really the work of giants children indeed whatever else could it be no common man could do it 
No one knows, no one knows, said the schoolmaster thoughtfully. But come, let us join in the songs. We know more about them. How sweet and clear the voices sounded as the favorite tunes of Ireland rang through the farmhouse. Then came fairy stories and jokes, and the party broke up just as the little wooden clock on the mantel struck the hour of midnight. End of chapter 6